This podcast is brought to you by Healthy Dog Tool. Healthy Dog Tool is available for free to anyone, any caring dog lover, which I'm sure is you. If you want to keep your dog healthy, and if you are looking for a solution to your best friend problems and health challenges, Healthy Dog Tool will help you custom select relevant articles, courses, learning, and supplements that are best suited for your dog. Veterinary care is expensive and learning how to prevent problems or treat them naturally without drugs and undesirable side effects is the best way to go. All you need to do is to go to healthydogtool.com to test it out. I've been really looking forward to this episode because um, it contains one secret, one little tip that can make a huge difference in your dog's life. It doesn't matter whether you're practicing holistic med- or using holistic medicine or conventional medicine or feed kibble or raw food. But if you remember one little thing, one little thing, it'll make a huge difference in your dog's life. Now, I know that you're listening because you care about your dog, you love your dog, your dog is, or maybe dogs, more than one, are part of your life. And you want to learn. You want to learn how to extend their life. Um, the other day, someone asked how, how long I think that person's dog will live. And every time I'm asked that question, and, and I've been asked many, many times I usually say that dogs don't have an expiry date. It is not a good idea to say this breed will live that many years uh, because eventually uh, (laughs) we may be proven wrong. And I also don't want to set up or preset the idea that a dog will get sick or die at a certain age. You know, I know that some of my colleagues say that and I have heard my clients saying, oh, I've been told that my dog is not going to live over 12. And it is not unusual to see that as soon as uh, the 12th year turns around that the dog gets ill and may die. I've often asked whether we pre-program the body through our thoughts. Many years back, I decided to create a little experiment. It's my longest experiment of my life and it still has not finished. Uh, My friend and I, uh, we are born in the same month, not the same year, but the same month. And uh, one day we were talking about how long we wanted to live. And I loved the number seven. So I said, you know, I think I want to live until 107. And she looked at me first thinking like, are you crazy? Why do you want to live until 107? Well, the reason is life is an amazing gift. It is so very improbable. In the, on the universe's scale that we would be born. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And still, we are here. And I would like to live as long as possible. And when I said 107, I thought maybe I can pre-program my mind, preset my mind and body, and with a little bit of effort and dedication and, and eating healthy and exercising and keeping my mind clear, I may be able to get there. And maybe science will get us there. Maybe there will be some amazing discoveries. And that's something that we are also working on, how to extend lives beyond the normal life expectancy. So today I would like to talk about the most important thing that you need to know to keep your dog healthy. And it is to be open to knowing and understanding what you don't know. The problem is, and that's what I've seen in medicine and in life in general, we do not know what 
We don't know. And it causes a lot of problems. Now, I'll give you one example. Many dog lovers still do not know that dog collars are actually harmful, that they injure the thyroid gland that is just at the front of the of the neck and the collar pressures on the throat and the thyroid gland it gets traumatized then the immune system registers inflammation and starts destroying the thyroid gland cells the result of this process is hypothyroidism and most people do not know that Tight collars or dogs pulling on the collar or just attaching a leash to the collar can cause this really serious condition. Now, I often stop people and start a really nice conversation about their dog when I see that they have a choke chain or even prong collar, electric collar, or just a regular collar. When I see that dog pulls and start talking to them. Some people are open, some people are not. I usually try to be very diplomatic and gentle. They usually open the conversation by saying, hey, that's a, you have such a beautiful dog. You must love him or love her. And then I use my own example. I say, you know, I didn't know that collars were harmful, but now I understand and know that harnesses are better because collars damage the thyroid gland. I usually do not disclose that I'm a veterinarian because it's much easier. People usually put a guard on when they know they're talking to a vet. But this is one good example. What happens when we don't know what we don't know? Since I was about 18 or 19 years old and tried to cure allergies through diet, I started learning a lot about nutrition. And nutrition is another area where we don't know what we don't know. If you ask 10 people whether they're eating healthy diet, I think that about seven or eight would say, yes, I'm absolutely eating healthy diet. And then you look at their menu and then you look at their shopping cart when they're going to shop for groceries and you realize that they don't know what they don't know. They may have some cold cuts with uh, nitrates in them. They may have processed food. They may have a lot of sugar, sugary treats, uh, snacks, and so on. And they may think it's healthy. Sometimes food companies try to convince us that something is healthy, but making it sound healthy. But it does not necessarily mean that it is. So if 7 out of 10 people, roughly, tell you that they eat healthy, but only about two or three really eat healthy food based on science and research. The most important part is to be open to knowing what we don't know. And this is a really difficult part because I've seen in practice and in real life that people often put the guard on. Not knowing is actually a very big problem. I'm going to go to veterinary medicine and vet schools. When... I, when I started vet school, I quickly realized that not knowing is not cool, nor it'll get you through the school. Instead of asking questions, instead of being curious, over time, we all learn to possibly hide the not knowing because if we disclosed that we didn't know, we wouldn't pass the exams. And this creates a really bad precedent for the veterinary industry and for veterinarians because we have been conditioned to be embarrassed or high not knowing. Obviously, this doesn't regard only to veterinarians. The schooling system is very similar where knowing is praised and not knowing is not always seen positively. While in life, we learn and we do the best when we do not know and we are open, number one, to not knowing and then 
Number two, learning. I would like to give you a couple of more examples about not knowing and how detrimental it can be to our dog's health and our own health. Recently, I talked to a friend about anti-inflammatory medication. And from my practice, I know that most people see anti-inflammatories and NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, as beneficial. Uh, we've been taught and conditioned that inflammation is not good for our body, nor for our muscles or joints or any other parts. But there is a huge difference between the acute inflammation and chronic inflammation. In case of acute inflammation, the process brings in extra blood, white blood cells, antibodies, and mobilizes the systems to heal. Inflammation also may cause pain, which prevents your dog from moving if he or she injures a certain part. Now, the inflammation shouldn't last very long because if you don't suppress it, it will go through and there will be so-called healthy inflammatory response that will lead to healing. If you suppress this acute inflammation with anti-inflammatory drugs, you're going to block the healing pathway and eventually it will lead to more destruction. If you use anti-inflammatories in your dog, if he gets hurt, then he or she will continue moving and will cause more damage to the injured part. The same thing happens to us. And we way too frequently and way too soon reach for anti-inflammatory drugs, not realizing that they cause other problems beside blocking the healing reaction. They can cause liver disease, stomach ulcerations, kidney disease, and all that. Now, chronic inflammation is a different story because chronic inflammation is a result of unaddressed injuries problems, inflammation that has not been treated. So the difference is between acute and chronic inflammation. And ideally, you should not let, you should not allow your dog's body to get that far and always address injuries and inflammation by using natural products like omega-3s that work as well as anti-inflammatories without the side effects. Or physical therapists, chiropractors, um, acupuncturist, other methods, homeopathy, herbs, try to avoid anti-inflammatory medication. Now, when we go back to not knowing what we don't know, and we now know that anti-inflammatory drugs should be ideally avoided, and what happens when we use them, that can bring a huge improvement in the prognosis of your dog's injuries and conditions. It can prevent hundreds and thousands of dogs getting liver disease, stomach ulcerations, kidney disease from pain control and painkillers. And this is not to say that we should not use pain control in some situations, but we have to be mindful and we should leave these drugs as the last, not the first resort. So the most important part of keeping your dog healthy is actually to be open and comfortable with not knowing and continue to learn. And that regards us dog lovers and also veterinarians, because if we are not open to knowing what we don't know, how can we help our dogs? And I know that sometimes it is easy to go to the old patterns of being afraid that someone will discover that we don't know. But there is one really, really good news. We are inspired by people who say they don't know. We are inspired by those who are humble and who don't show off. We are inspired by people who constantly search. So why not to be one of them? Beside being open to 
knowing what we don't know, there is one core principle of health, and that is to follow nature. I love the term natural healthcare because the term suggests that there is a connection of healing with nature. As a vet, I follow the principles observed in nature because whenever I need to come up with the best treatment plan, I ask what nature would do, how nature would heal. And that allows me to deal with even the most difficult decision-making when dogs get sick. Now, some time ago, I had a conversation with my brother-in-law and we were kind of having a little bit of an argument. He was of that opinion that life goes in a spiral. Life of a person or a company or any entity. And I was really puzzled and also objected to his opinion because I have not discovered one process in nature that would not be cyclic, one process in universe that would not be cyclic. The only difference is that those cycles are either short or longer or very long, but everything goes in a circle. Something rises, then it develops, evolves, blossoms, fruits, and then it falls back to the ground. That's what happens to life. That's what happens to plants. That's what happens to planets and the universe. And that's why healing can be also seen as a cycle. We never settled. My brother-in-law never settled <laughs> that particular argument. But I hope that if he is listening to what I have to say here today, that he will understand because no matter what we do, no matter how far we look in the universe, there is nothing that does not go in a cycle. It rises and it falls, and it rises and it falls. Everything is a cycle. So what do we do when we accept the fact that even life is a cycle? We cannot really make it eternal. We cannot make it an infinite. Even though I love teaching my dog packs running around my legs in an infinite sign, thinking that maybe it's like a little mantra that whatever he does, he will draw that little infinite line for you for his life. But we kind of know that that is not possible. It's just a play. What we can do really well, and this is the goal in medicine, this should be a goal in your dog's life, what you do with your dog. And also, this is the goal of the podcast. What I'd like to do, I'd like to teach you how to make the cycle of your dog's life bigger, greater, longer. Now, in the following chapters, I'm going to be sharing with you the methods, the techniques that I've learned in the course of 30 years of my veterinary practice. If you're expecting me to give you some sort of quick, simple formula that you'll be able to apply in five minutes and that's it, I'm sorry, but I don't have it for you. It would be foolish of us to expect that learning can be shortcutted. It never works, even though some people and advertisers online try to tell us that it does. It never does work. But I promise that I will give you enough opportunity to learn some really cool stuff that you'll be able to apply in your dog's life and extend his or her life. Now, learning is not easy. If we're learning an instrument, writing, painting, driving, whatever it is, Usually the initial part of the learning is a real pain in the butt because it takes forever. We make a lot of mistakes and then suddenly something clicks 
And there's a really cool part of learning that actually happens in the brain. You know, the difficult part of learning actually happens in the frontal cortex. We have to think really hard how to keep the car on the road when we start learning to drive. Or I remember I, I learned to kiteboard, crazy sport, uh, with the kite in the air and board on the water. It took me hours before I learned that. But then eventually it clicks it's like language. When you're, if you learned, ever learned a new language, it's really difficult at the beginning. And then it becomes easier and easier. And learning about healthcare and healing and health and nutrition and, and how to keep your dog's diet balance and all that may seem to be really daunting at the beginning. And then it'll be like nothing. It'll be easy. So don't give up in the middle of these podcasts because I'm creating them for you because I know how much you love your dog and I know how much you wish that your dog's life cycle was as big as possible, as long as possible. And that's why I'm here. What I hope for that after this podcast, you will keep a picture in your mind and that is a big wheel and a small wheel. Longer life is like the big wheel. When it rolls once, it goes a longer distance than the smaller wheel. And learning about how to heal naturally and how to keep your dog healthy is effectively enlarging the wheel of your dog's life. Now, everyone understands that abusing this planet, making plastic, burning fossil fuels, wasting our resources, overfishing, polluting waters leads to shorter lifespan of not only the environmental richness and the wealth on, on this planet, it will also make our lives shorter and our dog's life shorter. I can only hear someone saying, yeah, but my grandma lived until 90 and she was a heavy smoker. Well, that is true. Uh, there are some dogs that are really poor quality food. Uh, they're walking on toxic lawn uh, full of pesticides and they may live longer life than average but this is still very rare so what i'm trying to encourage you here <laughs> to do is to follow nature and nature is quite ingenious when it comes to healing it only uses really three steps one of them is detox or cleansing the second one, it nourishes. It nourishes the plants and animals and the environment. And then it aligns and it resets whenever it needs to be reset. And this is the principle. This is the healing cycle that you should keep in mind when you're healing and treating and helping your dog. Now, the first process, cleanse and detox, is very similar to what Earth does. You know, if you look at nature, rains, flushes, the impurities down the rivers and the oceans get cleansed by the sun and by the surf and, and solar UV rays also help. The ocean also absorbs huge amounts of CO2, carbon dioxide, which is another way of cleansing the environment. Now, Earth would be in absolutely pristine and perfect condition if we humans didn't tamper constantly with the system. We love making the next new thing and invention and often we don't think the whole process through. We don't think of the consequences. Just think of one man-made item or 
technology that is as perfect as natural systems. I haven't found it. If you do, let me know. But nature in its origin is absolutely perfect. There is no waste. There is always recycling. There is perfect cleansing. There is perfect nourishment. Everything is flawless. And then we humans come in and we start making man-made substances and items and plastic and chemicals. And it is very similar to what we've done in medicine. For the last hundred plus years, we have kind of ignored the body's ability to heal on its own when we let it, when we provide it the basic essence to healing. And that is allow it to detox and not adding toxins in the form of drugs or some sort of processed food. Uh, if we nourish it and give it all the building blocks that it needs. And then when we, if we realign it, because realignment of the spine and the energy flow and allowing the, the electrical potential of the body reset, that is what results in health. I know that this almost seems to be too simple, but I've been following these systems for two decades now. And I tell you honestly that I never expected to be able to reduce the use of pharmaceutical drugs by 90, 80, 90%. I very rarely used them in practice. And I didn't think that it was possible. I wasn't taught that it was possible, but it is true and it's amazing. And I want you to learn as much as you can because the times when we could rely on the doctors to know and do everything for us are gone. Doctors are overloaded, they're overburdened, they have done a lot, but they can't do it all. And when I started this company, peterdobias.com, more than 10 years ago, my dream and my goal was to teach you and teach everyone as much as I can so I can teach myself out of the veterinary practice and just enjoy life and enjoy dogs and continue doing what I love to do. And that's teaching you and helping you and, and seeing how wonderfully empowered you are and, and how you embrace natural healing. So... I describe the rain and the water and the rivers and the oceans and how they cleanse the environment. Inside of the body, there is one organ that is actually really important in the cleansing process, and that's the liver. Now, if we follow the natural principles of healing, why not to help the liver cleanse the body? You know, the liver, the canine liver, wasn't really built for the environments that our dogs are exposed to. Nature was not supposed to be full of heavy metals and toxins and pesticides and herbicides and toxic fumes and uh, air that is polluted. The biggest problem is that our dogs have not been built or they haven't evolved to live in such toxic environment. And this is why so many dogs suffer from liver disease or have elevated liver enzymes. What I've learned is that when you use a few simple herbs every six months or so uh, for four to six weeks, then we can really help the liver to cleanse. Because as I said, our dogs have not developed for the toxic environment that we live in. So that's about it. Remember, you can extend and enlarge your dog's life cycle. Keep your dog healthy through natural methods and use 
conventional drug-based medicine as the last resort. Because if you use drugs, the body always needs to detox them. They're always foreign to the body with the exception of some of the hormone replacements that need to be used in, let's say, hypothyroidism. But most drugs are foreign substances and they should be seen as toxins as opposed to harmless substances. They just do good. You know, the side effects are just a convenient name for the effects of drugs. Now, I can only imagine that as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, you'll be wondering what you can do for your dog when it comes to liver cleanse and gentle detox and getting rid of impurities and toxic substances. Now, I've thought of that too, and that's why I formulated LiverTune, our certified organic, naturally fermented liver support and detox for dogs. The product is fermented, and the fermentation process actually increases the efficacy and uh, potency of the ingredients. It also increases antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and anti-cancer effects. The ingredients that uh, I used in LiverTune are intended to support the liver and also cleanse the whole body. I included organic artichoke, uh, which has a history of being used as medicine going back to ancient Egypt and Greece. I use also organic dandelion, which is uh, which has high concentration of inulin, and it's a good food source for the beneficial intestinal bacteria, the good guys that can actually uh, help to detox the body digestive tract. Now, I also used organic melthisol, which is known to be very beneficial in liver disorders, and uh, it includes toxic liver damage caused by chemicals and chloric inflammatory liver disease, uh, loss of appetite, gallbladder complaints, colitis, autoimmune disease, to name a few. The product also includes organic barley grass, and barley grass is used for diarrhea, gastritis, inflammatory bowel disease, and cancer prevention. Organic turmeric root is another way to reduce inflammation, which is the primary cause of um, cancer formation in the body. It has been used for thousands of years as a cornerstone. It has been used for thousands of years as a cornerstone in traditional Chinese medicine. Now, we can use turmeric in abdominal pain, Crohn's disease, colitis, diarrhea, abdominal bloating, loss of appetite, hepatitis, liver inflammation, IBD or irritable bowel syndrome, liver and gallbladder conditions. Organic broccoli sprouts are also included in the product and they are known to improve the digestive process and boost metabolism and increase the enzymatic activity. And the last two ingredients are cilantro and ashwagandha. Cilantro is known to help uh, elimination of heavy metals, mercury, lead, and aluminum from the body. And ashwagandha is used as an adaptogen, which means that it increases resistance to the environmental stress and can also be used as a general tonic. And that's all about LiverTune. If you have any questions, you can always email us uh, through peterdobias.com. And if you would like to review the product, see what others say, or maybe purchase it for your dog, you can just go directly to livertune.com. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's been a real pleasure to connect with you. And I hope I will connect with you again at episode two. Take care and have a wonderful day. And don't forget to give your dog a hug for me. Bye-bye.